whatever the answer is and whatever you figure out, it's not easy. It's going to be a huge mountain for you to climb. And my heart goes out to you. I'm so sorry that you are, you're going to have to tackle maybe the greatest challenge of your life. Maybe. What's up, guys? Welcome to the podcast. This is episode 104. Got one of my favorite buddies, favorite guests. Thanks for having me back. Bernie Calcote. Yep. We're here. Everyone, every time you're on the podcast, people say, one more Bernie. And in fact, they, they make the questions specific to Bernie. Yeah. So many times. And yeah. that's what this podcast is. We yeah. answer your questions. If you have anything, email grangersmithpodcast at gmail.com. We'll put it in the queue. We'll get to it. And it could be about any subject. I feel the weight of your questions. I realize that this podcast has become something where you um, you want to bounce an idea off of us and we're going to talk through it with no notes, no preparation. And we're going to speak to you as though we're just three friends hanging out, trying to give some advice in real time walking through it slowly in long form, which is why I love podcast. Thank you for all the different platforms you're listening on, whether it's Spotify or Apple Music or YouTube or whatever your favorite podcast style platform is. Thank you. You guys have made this one of the top podcasts in all the music genre and um, love you for that. And, and we're so grateful for this platform. And Bernie, you've been coming for probably over a year now as a as a guest yeah which is awesome i thought for sure i was going to bomb this thing the first <laughs> time i came i was like well granger's not going to do the podcast anymore <laughs> they're going to cancel it after i was on but you or you guys were going to cancel me but you've been so gracious and like um granger's just giving me a bunch of feedback um from you know meet and greets and whatnot and so i'll keep coming as long as you keep inviting me man absolutely dude. hey can i say real quick um your brother Parker on this podcast, he's late 20s. Is that mm-hmm. right? Yeah. My goodness. He is like his perspective, his responses, his wisdom. Um, I don't want to say for being that age because for any age, but to be in the late 20s and have the perspective that he has um, is really awesome to listen to. I'll so tell shout, you said out, that. shout out to Parker. Yeah, Hopefully man. you're listening, buddy. We'll get, we'll get Parker back on here soon too. Um, guys, if you have anything, like I said, I'm going to repeat it. The, the email is grangersmithpodcast at gmail.com. I want to blind. I want to jump into this. The, the, set, the first one is about being blind, which is an interesting, I think it's the first time we've dealt with something like this. But the subject line oh, says definitely the first time. <laughs> yeah. The the subject line says blind relationship slash Bernie is my fave. Oh, stop it. They love you, Bernie. They love you. <laughs> the question is short and it says this. My name is Allison. I'm 24 years old. Back in November 2020, I became blind unexpectedly. My boyfriend of five years says that going blind doesn't change how he feels about me, but how do I curb the nagging feeling that I'm going to hold him back from doing things that two-sided people would enjoy? Thank you. I love the podcast. Definitely never heard that one before yeah so that's a new yeah um, so wow. so november 2020 now so that that means that i'm, I'm guessing three and a half four years they, they had a relationship where she she could see and then she became blind 
pretty recently. And it's an understandable, um, nagging feeling that she has. I want to, I want to validate her, her feeling that if you lose one of your five senses, you're going to feel lesser of a, of, of a partner in a relationship. Absolutely. And that you're going to hold that other person back from experiencing their life to the fullest. Yeah. I think you could probably, we could probably say the same thing about if you lost your legs or you lost your hearing. Um, I think anytime you, anytime you have something that drastically changes the way you perceive the world, you're going to feel vulnerable. How do we start with Allison? Um, yeah, so it's a burden that she has to carry, but she's also now her husband is now carrying with her. Um, so seek wise counsel, I think, comes to comes to mind in terms of seeking other relationships that are similar. Where either somebody's blind, or idea, yeah. maybe someone's in a wheelchair and the other person's not, and those kind of relationships that are strong and well grounded would be a good resource for Allison. Absolutely. Yeah. There's probably a community of people that have already found each other, um, and could be a support system for her and her husband that they just didn't know until they kind of entered into this. Yeah. Yeah. I think that you're, you're going to learn a lot about this boyfriend. Oh, it's a boyfriend. It's a boyfriend. Oh, okay. For some reason, I thought it was a husband. I said a husband a couple times. Okay. That probably changes it a little bit. It definitely changes it. That changes my answer, uh, I, I think, a bit. But it doesn't seem like there's any resistance from him. He, hey, props he, to the dude. He's, he's telling her it does not change the way he feels. And it's been, it's been well over a year. It's been almost two years. So props well, to this guy. Well, if he is listening to this podcast... And bro, you love this girl enough to stay with her even after she's became blind. You need to marry her already, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, absolutely. Like and, what, but let's look at the benefits for this dude. He doesn't have to comb his hair anymore. That's right. He doesn't have to worry about uh, what he wears as much anymore. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's kind of nice. Yeah. There. I mean, yeah. I'm just thinking about how you know my clothes are kind of laid out. It's like, okay, yeah, I'm going to wear that. Okay. Guys, no, help, go back in and change. It's like, okay. Help, dude, that happens a lot. <laughs> help me out. Someone that has a, an impairment like this, help me out with this because I've heard, it's my understanding that when you lose a, a sense like sight, that other senses are enhanced. Have you heard that? Yeah. Yeah. I've heard that. that you're, you're, the human body starts to compensate. And so you get better hearing or maybe your smell gets better or maybe your, your sense of touch obviously would get better because you're going to start feeling more throughout your surroundings. And um, so you are, your, your body's going to compensate. I'm speaking a little bit out of terms here because I can't, I can't relate to this, but I can relate to you being vulnerable in the situation. And I want to commend you on emailing us and, and feeling this vulnerability. And I would, I would encourage you to, um, to kind of lean into that vulnerability with your boyfriend so that he knows that you're not just, blindly uh, confident about you're the same person because you're not the same person anymore. And that's not a bad thing, but you are different. And I think we all go through um, seasons or or times, chapters in our life where things change. Like I I have impairments that have happened to me 
You do, everyone does, where something happens in your life. And from that moment on, you're a different, you're a different version of yourself. And that's what's happened to you. I, I would, uh, I would, I would lean into that vulnerability. And, and aside from your relationship with your boyfriend, I would really lean into God's word because in the gospels, the, the four gospels that we have of Jesus's life on earth, blindness comes up a lot. Jesus talks about blindness a lot and it's never in a negative light ever. Sometimes it's in a positive light. Like I'm going to open your eyes to the kingdom of heaven in a new way that you could never see with your earthly eyes. My eyes are going to go out one day. Yours are too. I might die at the same moment or not, but regardless, all of our eyes are going to go out at some point. You might, Allison, have been given a gift with this blindness that is probably hard to recognize right now, but this might be a gift that you're going to be able to lean into um, how you perceive the world in a completely different way. And that could benefit somebody. So I want you to recognize that you are an asset to this boyfriend, or if you don't stay with this guy, you're an asset to someone else in the future. You are bringing a lot to the table as a person, Allison. And I I want you to recognize that. Yeah. And also recognize that I'm not sure. I I feel like we've said before, like a lot of these podcast questions can kind of like be answered with like this handful of different responses. Um, I feel like this one has a couple of, uh, a couple of them in there, but one of them that we haven't mentioned is community for her specifically for her. Can you imagine the counseling and the support and the, you know, community that you would need if one day you could see, and then another day you couldn't just apart from the day to day, help me, you know, get accustomed to this, just having someone to talk to, whether it's a community of friends or an actual counselor, because I feel like that is a very traumatic event. And so I, I think, yeah. you know, just practically, you know, seek out some counsel and community to like help you process. I used to see, and now I don't. What does that mean for my life? What does that mean for my identity? What does that mean for my relationship? And just process that with other people. I mean, the same way that you are in some way with us um, and that we're encouraging everybody to do, like find your tribe find your community mm-hmm. and wrestle through these things with each other, support each other through them. So I, I think that's something practical that she can do. Absolutely. That's the best advice I, I know to be able to give you, Allison. I want to finish with this last thought for you. There might be a feeling with this boyfriend at any moment, if he starts to turn and not be the, the guy that you need or deserve, there might be a feeling in you that wants to hold on to him because he's the last relationship that you'll have, that you will know what they look like. Mm. Like, so strange thought, but possible that you could, this guy could become a jerk and you justify that by saying, well, I got to stay with him because I, if I move on, I won't know what the next guy even looks like. And that's a big disadvantage. So I want to, I want to rebuke that. 
and just say, um, let's go with character and integrity and these, these core values, honesty that you could get from a, a boyfriend or a relationship that has nothing to do with what they look like. And no, lean into good. that comfort that no matter what happens, you, you um, you're going to be okay. You're going to, this is going to be, this is going to be really good for you. Thank you for emailing. This is a, it's a serious question. And thank you for opening up for, uh, for us on this podcast with this and sharing it. Um, oh, this is interesting. I, no particular order. The next one that just popped up says help angry husband. Let's do it. First, first, uh, parentheses. Have is, you ever been an angry husband? Man, I mean, I'm not, this perfect. could go in a I'm lot of different perfect. direction. Yeah. But, um, I'm not, you, you not going to, I'm not going to claim that I'm perfect in any way. Yeah. The first thing it says is anonymous, please. Okay. You got my back on this, <laughs> Bernie. I'm not going to mess this up. Okay. You've gotten better, man. You've gotten a lot better. <laughs> Calling them anonymous, refer to them as anonymous. Okay. It says, hey, Do they Granger. sign their name at the bottom? No, there's that... no name at the okay. bottom, and I'm pretty sure that I've... she doesn't say her name any time in here. Okay. They've learned. Hey, Granger, I listen to all your podcasts and almost always agree with your advice. I think that's a compliment. You could say it this way. I almost always agree with your advice instead of I almost always agree with your advice. I'll say it the, the former way. So here's the problem. My husband and I have been married for seven years. He was my first boyfriend, my first everything. I love him. I can't imagine my life without him, but dot, dot, dot. He has problems with anger and bad language. I've often tried to talk to him about these issues, but he either brushes it off or gets angry at me for bringing it up. Sometimes he'll admit that he has a problem and vows to change, but the next day it's forgotten. He goes back to his bad habits. He professes to be a Christian, parentheses, when he's not angry. Faithfully attends church and reads the Bible. But then he'll get upset over the smallest things and cuss and yell at me. I'm just so tired of this behavior and I'm starting to regret marrying him when I think of what I'll probably have to go through over the next say 40, 50 years. I'm not, God has blessed us with, excuse me, God has not blessed us with a family. And I feel somewhat guilty for saying this, but a part of me is glad that we won't have kids that will be subjected to this. He often apologizes to me, but I'm having a hard time believing him when he says he's sorry. I know I can't change him and only Jesus in his heart can do that. But do you have any advice on how I could react or how to cope with this? This is this is one of these issues where without her with us, we don't know the extent of this anger. Mm-hmm. We don't know the extent of when she says he yells and cusses at me. Like that that's abuse. And and so I want to preface before we say anything that I don't know. I don't know the extent of what you mean by yelling and cussing at you. Like, is it, is it just a, an angry man with a good heart and he flies off the handle and he needs some kind of anger management? Or is this guy abusing you verbally in a way that is um, damaging to your soul? Right. So I want to say that I don't know, guys. I don't know. Maybe you can address like the the lowest form of that mm-hmm. and then the greatest form of that. Um, I'm guessing it's probably somewhere in between, but maybe, maybe so she can, you know, she's not here with us, but you can say like, okay, Hey, if it's kind of here, 
maybe this would be the advice. But if it's here, this would be the advice. Yeah. I got a feeling that a lot of people listening are, are dealing with something like this. We're in a fallen, broken world and there's a lot of anger and there's a lot of anxiety right now. There always has been, but you, we could speak to it right now with the, with the state of the world, the, the, uh, the, everything that's happening in the world around us creates anger and that gets misguided and sometimes redirects to the spouse because that's the person that's there and takes the brunt, that takes the heat. And it's, it's a terrible, terrible thing. But, um, I'm trying to explain why I understand how this could happen and how a lot of people are probably in this kind of situation. Um, we should probably address, there's a little bit multi-layered. We should probably address that he professes to be a Christian parentheses when he's not angry. I don't really understand that. Yeah. As you were reading it, I almost didn't want to get into addressing him because I would just kind of, fair enough. I would just kind of get, I would go off on a tangent because we don't know enough. We don't know enough. And I would be making accusations and assumptions that based on his behavior, um, would bring me to some conclusions that are just really hard to make, but the, it doesn't sound like the fruits of the spirit are evident in his life. Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah. She said that he does come back and say sorry, mm-hmm. um, but maybe we can get to that in in addressing her. But so her her question is, how can I react or cope with this? And I hope you know, anonymous, this is not whatever the answer is and whatever you figure out. It's not easy. It's going to be a huge mountain for you to climb. And my heart goes out to you. I'm so sorry that you are you're going to have to tackle maybe the greatest challenge of your life maybe and if you've if you're out there and you've been in an abusive relationship of some way maybe comment your experience with this person maybe there's some like experiential wisdom out there amongst e nation that uh, anonymous i hope you read all the comments and maybe you can not just from me and grizz but you can get some uh, inspiration or some guidance from uh, everybody else too, who's actually been in the thick of it. Seven years married, first boyfriend. So it means a lot of, t- a lot of years before that mm-hmm. first, everything love him. Can't imagine life without him. That's great. That's a good setup for, um, for coping. That's a good setup for, it's a good reason for you to do what the Bible says and honor him. Mm-hmm. Now, the, the Bible says to honor your wives, husbands, honor your wives. And, and so we can't speak to him, but I could speak to you anonymous and just say, honoring him back might not change his anger, but will, it will put your soul at rest in a lot of other ways. If you are, if you're engaging in his anger and anger can become almost like like an addiction when someone is is under the influence of the, a substance. When they become under the influence of their anger, it's almost like they're a different person. And so to engage with that different person, the person that's under the influence, you're never going to win. Mm-hmm. You're never going to come out and say the right things unless you confidently, not, not, not in a not in a, um, a way that you could get hurt in any way, but if you could confidently honor him 
instead of engaging with this 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 animal side of him. No, I think that's good. I I think too like communication, you know, if we're talking about the different silos that these things can fall in like maybe when he's not when you guys are just on a date night um or you feel like this is a really good moment that we're having maybe just ask him about work hmm. and about maybe his friends and like try to find out i guarantee you this anger is coming out of pressure and anxiety and stress yeah so if maybe you can start to like understand what is stressing him what is making him impatient maybe you're doing something that's part of it maybe like without knowing and you can you know recognize or maybe it has nothing to do with that maybe it's something at work but you understanding and telling him hey babe you know why don't you not worry about that promotion like i don't we can we can keep the stuff we have we can actually mm. move we don't need money to be happy take the pressure that i know men can feel sometimes about providing and reputation and all this maybe you just help alleviate that i know that my wife has done such a good job of recognizing when things at work or different areas of life are kind of like there's pressure of just helping to re- not to like contribute to that but to help relieve some of that and say hey hey let me let me take care of the kids why don't you go on a bike ride or why don't you you know go do something because uh, yeah, I could definitely sense mm. you need you need some space and and man, just I don't even need the bike ride. I don't even need to get away. Just her recognizing, yes, I I don't know why I'm so overloaded, and her telling me, hey, why don't you take some of those things off your plate? Mm. I'm gonna be happy with so you good. no matter what. Maybe that helps his overall. L- level of patience and everything grow because he's not his he's not stretched past his margin in life he has some margin so it's like something happens and he's not flipping you know flying off the handle right away yeah right i think you're so right man i love that i love that answer and there's there's a right way to say that bernie and there's probably a wrong way to say that the right way would to, to be like you said and just go i love you and I, I want to be able to contribute to some of the stuff that you're, you're going with, you're going through. How could I help? How, how could I be a better wife to you? Instead of the wrong way would be you're angry all the time. Yeah. What's the matter with you? What, what? is the matter? <laughs> is there something at work? Is there something I'm doing? Yeah. Is there, what's going on? Is it your, your dad's bothering you? And just, would you just tell me? Cause I'm, you're just angry all the time and I can't handle this anger. And, and, to, and here's what you never say. And I'll be honest with you. I don't know if I could do this for 30 or 40, 50 more years with you. I just don't know if I could do that. that and this is not the man that I married. Oh, that's a good one. Don't say, don't that. say that. Don't say that. <laughs> you're just like throwing gasoline on the fire. There's ways that you could do this in ways that you can't. And, just as Bernie spoke about Leslie, his wife, there's, there's things that Amber does for me that, and she could, you, you've known this guy for over seven years. You, you could read him. Humans are great at reading each other. So Amber will read me. And I don't know if she's actively doing this or not. 
maybe she'll tell me after she hears this podcast, but she'll, she'll read that something's going on in the road or that we've been, we've been going through a, a tough run of maybe it's county fairs and there's bickering in the crew. And there, there's a, that we've been through some production guys that have yelled at my crew and I'm putting out those fires and I haven't gotten much sleep because I got on an early flight. And when I come home, Amber will say something like this. She'll say, thank you so much for working so hard for this family mm. and providing for us. And she'll say that in front of the kids and she'll, ha- she'll say out loud to the kids, guys, aren't you, aren't you so lucky that your dad works so hard to provide for us and to bring, to put food on the table. And that just like, it takes all this, this anxiety that I've had at work or with friends or whatever's going on. It takes it away and reminds me that, Oh yeah, this is what's worth it. This, this family, this, this tight knit group is what's worth it. And I wonder anonymous, if you started being that kind of wife, not saying you're not now. And I have to, that's why I preface with this verbal abuse thing at the beginning, because I don't know the extent of it, but maybe if that's who you leaned into that kind of wife, that was always supportive and always honoring and always honest and left the communication open where you became the person that he could trust with the worst things in his life then I wonder if this starts to get distinguished, I mean, extinguished a little bit through this anger. Yeah, no, that's great. On the far side of that, I think, and you may have hit on this already, like you probably, if if there is verbal, physical, continuous abuse, you need to get some help, yeah. like separate yourself from it. Yeah. Um, n- no one needs to be subjected to that. There, there needs to be intervention with that. Um if I, I pray that that's not it, but if it is, um, we got no help for you here. Like you're, you're going to need to get some serious help and intervention. Um, but I, I think everything Granger's saying is, is right on. I do want to play devil's advocate for a second that mm. anonymous may be part of the problem. Mm. Yeah. It, let's, we I'm don't in. know. We I'm don't in. know. Right. I'm in. I'm in. So let's just say anonymous you probably need to take an inventory of what your posture and what you're contributing to the relationship. Are you demanding of your husband things that he can't fulfill? You're saying, I want you here all the time, but I also want you to work and buy me this stuff. Are you, Is he caught in a tension that you're perpetuating, that you're creating? Are you part of the problem? You have to ask yourself that question. Hmm. We don't, we don't know. And we don't, you know, I I hope I'm not offending you by asking that, but you got to ask yourself that, like, what am, what am I contributing? Is this real? Because a lot of times it's so easy to see what the other person is doing. It's like, dude, he's, he's doing this. He's angry. He's this, but meanwhile, you're forgetting that you're being very controlling, manipulative, and it's like, hey, I guarantee you, you start to, like Granger said, you start to dig in the Word and look for some guidance there about how you need to enter into that relationship with your husband. And maybe all of a sudden, his attitude starts changing. It's like, wow. So, man, know? I couldn't agree more. I think the last thing I could contribute to this is, is that counseling is a necessity to you guys, um, regardless of this anger. It's just, I mean, a marriage is a a living, breathing 
operating machine and any machine that we know in life needs an oil change, needs a tire change. You need to open the hood, you need to check, sit, make sure everything's working properly. And that that's going to require a professional um, mechanic yeah. that's going to get, that's going to help you guys. And that has nothing to really nothing to do with his anger. This is, this is a seven year relationship thing anyway, that you should just seek wise counsel and um, marriage counseling, but don't at all costs. Don't approach him with that idea saying you're angry. We need to go to counseling. Yeah. <laughs> You can't say it that way because he's going to say absolutely not. It's the last thing that he's going to want to do. Yeah, you guys are a team. You got to see it that way. Um, And I'll recommend a book for you guys uh, by uh, Aaron and Jamie Ivey called Complimentary. Mm -hmm. And it's a husband and wife that wrote it together. Same topics, but like he wrote it by himself. She wrote it by herself. And then they put it together so you can see. Um, It may be something that, something simple like, hey, Babe, let's read this. Uh, I know Leslie and I read through it, and it kind of facilitated some conversations that we knew there were some pressure points. And it's like, oh, that's that's why you see this mm. this way. Oh, that's why you see this this way. Um, so find anything like that that can help be a a common ground that's like a reminder. Hey, we're a team here. We're on the same team. We're not against each other. Love it. To work through it. So there's two solid options, marriage counseling one-on-one or a book that you could read together. I'll give you one more option and you could do one of the three or all three, but a conference setting. There's yeah. always a couple conferences that could be, we would recommend at your local church, but there's all kinds of conferences that you can go as a couple and you're not the only ones. They're not singling you out. You're in a, you're in a group of other couples that are every guy, I mean, Anonymous. Everyone has problems of some sort in their marriage that need maintenance. And it, sometimes it's easier for the husband to sit in a crowd where there's a lot of other husbands and a lot of other wives that are dealing with a similar issue. And it could be a weekend type conference that you go to and, and you could just really cultivate your marriage in that way. So there's three good options. And um, yeah, thank you. Thank you for the, for the question. And, and we really hope the best for you. Yeah. Good stuff. Um, We're going to take a break and be right back. Guys, today's podcast is brought to you by Ritual. We deserve to know what we're putting in our bodies and why, especially when it comes to something we take every day. Ritual's clean, vegan-friendly multivitamin is formulated with high-quality nutrients in bioavailable forms that your body could actually use. What you won't find? Sugars, GMOs, major allergens, synthetic fillers, and artificial colorants. Plus, the fresh taste and delayed-release capsule design makes taking your vitamins super easy. I have always struggled with taking vitamins. I know that we need to supplement our diets with vitamins, but I've always struggled because I I start taking them and I'll take them in the morning on an on a empty stomach and then I start feeling sick and it's not worth it to me. Now, <laughs> Ritual comes in, they started sponsoring this podcast and sent me some and it changed everything for me. It's super easy to take. It makes me feel better. There's something about the way that they make it it just makes my stomach not upset at all. I don't even notice it's going in. A multivitamin should contain key nutrients and forms that your body could actually use and help fill gaps in the diet with no shady extras. That's probably why. Ritual's delayed release capsule design delivers high quality nutrients, including vitamin D3 and just two 
daily pills. You're always going to know what nutrients you're taking and where they come from thanks to Ritual's one-of-a-kind visual supply chain. It's now available for men, women, teens. Ritual multivitamins are scientifically developed to help support different stages of life. They're delivered to your door every single month with free shipping. Always, you could start, snooze, or cancel your subscription. It makes it super easy. If you don't love Ritual within your first month, they'll refund your first order. Get key nutrients without the BS. Ritual is offering my listeners 10% off during your first three months. Visit ritual.com slash Granger to start your ritual today. Podcast is also brought to you all by Raycon, one of my favorite my favorite companies to read because I love them so much. There's so much going on in the world, whether it's stuff you're excited about, like my podcast, or stuff you'd rather not be, you'd rather not think about. Uh, we know where that is on Twitter. So you can you can't always control the vibes out there, but you can control the vibes in your head with a pair of Raycon wireless earbuds in your ears, guys. These things fit so well. I go on these long flights that has a super long battery life. They they just fit perfect. They don't you don't you don't start getting ear fatigue like you do on some other earbuds and they sound great whether you're going to use them to pump up wind down work work out raycons are my go-to for on-the-go audio and the new everyday earbuds look feel and sound better than ever with an improved rubber oil like and feel it's just super it's like skin it feels so good and optimized gel tips for the perfect inner fit these are impressive before you even start listening You get three different sound profiles to make sure that you're listening to the sound at its best. Pure mode, balance mode, and bass mode. These all work out really good. It's it's way better than your car stereo that you get to adjust the bass and treble and mids. This is way better than that. There's also all new awareness mode for when you need to listen to your surroundings instead. So instead of blocking out all the sound, you could actually hear uh, with awareness mode. It's really cool. Raycon offers eight hours of playtime and 32-hour battery life. That's really good. There's also a built-in mic so you can take your calls on your earbuds just with the press of a button. Raycon started half the price of premium other brands, and they sound just as good. Raycon comes with a 45-day happiness guarantee right now. The Granger Smith Podcast listeners can get 15% off the Raycon order at buyraycon.com slash Granger. That's buyraycon.com slash Granger. Save 15% off Raycons. Buyraycon.com slash Granger. Back to the podcast. Okay, we're going to get back into these questions, and I, and I have a lot, and there, there's some really great stuff in here. There's some heavy stuff. There's some, um, some stuff that, you know, it's, they're difficult and I want to kind of kick it over to you, Burns. Okay. And you're going to, you're going to help me pick. Unfortunately, out of this group, there's several that just say question for the podcast. Okay. But I'm going to read several off to you. The first one is podcast question. Then we have leaving someone you love, wedding speech question, homosexuality, help with my relationship, need advice in life, family issues, a couple more questions for the podcast, and then uh, I've just got married and I need help. Okay, let's go. I just got married and I need help. Homosexuality. Yep, we're going to go there. And the last one, if we can get to it, will be the second podcast question Okay, in, in gotcha. order. Okay, gotcha. 
So let me click on the just got married and need help, which is interesting. That's an interesting subject that they would need help just after marriage. It says, Hey Granger, I love the podcast. I try to listen every time I can. My name is Andrew. Me and my wife have been married for three months. I'm currently on staff full-time at a church doing maintenance. I also preach outside of my home pretty often. However, money is a huge issue. I make the bare minimum of what I could make, and that is frustrating every two weeks when payroll comes out. Should I step down from the role in the church and pursue a secular job? I'm not afraid to work a public job. I do not believe I would be outside of the Lord's perfect will if I did. Christ is sovereign in all things, and He does that He does. And right now, I'm in a season I have to trust Christ more than ever. I'm a Calvinist, by the way. I understand God's hand in all in, is working in all of our lives. I just feel like I could do more for my little family. I have some different job opportunities that I could pursue, but if I left, I would I would want to leave peacefully and respectful. I could really use some help in the situation. Thanks and God bless. It's too easy. He gave himself the answer. Yes, you need to leave. He said, I he said, I feel like I have more that I can do to provide for my family. Then go do it. I totally agree, Burn. You know? Like I understand it's scary, and if you need me and Grizz to be like, dude, you can do it. What's his name? Did he say his name? He doesn't, no. but his name uh yeah, Andrew. 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 Okay. Yeah. Um you got our support, man. Go go for it. It's it's out there. Hopefully you have the support of your wife to do the same, but it sounds like you know what you need to do. It's just taking that last step to say, okay, I'm going to do it, and I say go for it. Totally, wholeheartedly agree with Bernie. I think Bernie's right. I think you kind of answered your question um, through the wording of your question. Um, This is on your heart. You you just kind of needed a push. And so both of our, both of us are going to say, man, you got opportunities and you feel, um, the Lord's work in your life and you feel like you, you have a, because guys, ministry is not just standing on a pulpit, right? Ministry is, is in, in the nuts and bolts of life itself. And, and you seem like Andrew, you're a person that understands that. And you're willing to take that and take that, that, that gospel in you and take it into the secular world into a job and to make enough to support your little family, I think is admirable and totally respectable. And I think you should go for it. And can we just speak to a generation real quick? Like guys, I'm going to pause for a second just so I don't go off, but can we stop being so passive? Can we be bold can we take chances? Can we fail and it be okay? Can we not make the right decision every time, but just feel like, man, I've talked to my community. I've been in the word. I'm going to make this decision and I'm going for it instead of just like fiddling around with it for 10 years. And then you're still in the same place you were a decade later. Make the decision. Just go for yeah. it. Yeah. And Andrew, that's not a knock on you at all. It's well, not to him. Well, this is to like, yeah. I feel like a a generation that's coming up that... And maybe we're part of that, that I feel like we can just overthink things to the point where we just do nothing. And that's exactly what the enemy wants us to do. Just do nothing. Mm-hmm. Don't yeah. make a move. And specifically to Andrew, you say you that you do get opportunities to, to preach outside of your own church. You That's not going away. That's right. You, you still do that. You still do that. So, And yeah. if you take this leap and you say, man, I'm going for this... God, you are my provider. I'm taking a step of faith. 
I guarantee you what the experience that you're going to have through that is going to like refine your preaching and and give you more faith to draw on and experiences to draw on through his word. It's all, you feel like you got to jump, jump, man, do it. You know that Bernie and I believe that God directs your path and that you, you can know his will for your life because he is dictating your desires and he's dictating your want tos. Yeah, that's good. So when you feel this desire, you got to believe if you're, if you're faithful and, you, and you're a fearful man of God, that you, you are in the word and you got to believe that he has put this desire upon you and it's time to act. Do it. Lo- love it, man. Um, okay. Where do you want to go now? Homosexuality. Homosexuality. Okay. Granger, hope all is well. My parents did a really good job of raising my brother and I around church and showing us what it means to love Jesus. However, a few years ago, my younger brother came out as gay. We made it clear to him that he, we will always love him and love him just the same, but we will not support his lifestyle. All we can do now is pray for him as much as we can. However, we can't help but letting the feeling in that we should be doing something more doing something different to help him would love your advice and, or your thoughts. Thanks. Colin doesn't say where Colin's from. Thank you for asking, man. This is a, uh, a bold question. And, um, it's, it takes, it takes some guts to send this to us. And, um, yeah, tough to navigate. Yeah. Um, tough to navigate your situation, tough for us to navigate this, this uh, topic or this question in answering you um, first, because we don't get to sit with you or your family yes. and discuss this. And two, this world loves to live in sound bites and so and take things out of context. So it's like trying to think like whole thoughts and 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 guidance and direction in this kind of format is really difficult when it comes to tough topics or controversial co- topics, I guess mm-hmm. you could say. Yeah. Um, but we'll do our best. <laughs> yeah. The world, the world uh, screams at this topic right now. It screams at this topic. And um, the, the first thing we got to go to, the first thing we have to say is that Colin, you're a sinner. I'm a sinner. Bernie's a sinner. This is not, this is not you being better than your brother. I'm not better than your brother. Um, I have I have sexual sin in my life that is that that does not make me um, lesser or better than your brother in any way. It in fact makes me an equal human in a fallen world. So that has to be. That has to just penetrate your family. And if there's anybody in your family, I don't think this is you, Colin, and it might not be anybody in your family, but I'm just going to say it. If there's anybody that thinks that they are more righteous than your brother because he's gay, shame on them. You, you're not going to win any battles. You're not going to prove anything by you or anyone in your family uh, being more righteous or more more moral or by any means you're just not man you're not you're not better your dad it because because your dad is going to reject your your brother's homosexuality your dad's not any better the only thing you could do is just fall back on the word of god 
live by the word of God, speak the gospel, speak the name of Jesus, speak the message, speak the message of forgiveness and repentance, speak the message of salvation and how it's available to anyone with faith when repentance in their heart, it's available to your brother, it's available to you and me and anyone. It's available to, to thieves and murderers and liars and all kinds of sin. There, mm-hmm. is, there, is, there is no pit of sin that you could crawl too deep that Jesus can't forgive you and save you from. That's the glory of the gospel. That's why it's, that's why it's amazing. That's why we talk about it all the time, because it's a, it's a message of a Messiah that came to this earth. God himself became flesh and came to this earth and took on the burden of all sinners in everything that they do and all in all their ways and all their fallen brokenness misguided ways he took on all of that for those that believed in him and then was killed for that conviction after he lived a perfect life for our example and then he was resurrected from the dead proving himself to be the exact image of god that he said that he was in front of eyewitnesses and that message is the gospel. And that message is all you could tell to your brother. And you got to tell it to your dad and your mother. And you got to tell it to yourself. And you got to believe it. And that is the story of our salvation, period. Mm. Yeah, man, I love that. Like, I don't know what else to say. I, <laughs> I mean, God, that's so good. I, I, without, so, so Colin, you know things about your brother we don't know. So I would just encourage you to continue that brotherhood. Yeah. Continue pushing in, continue being um open about your faith and about what you believe and and curious as to where he is and why he feels the way he feels or why he believes what he believes, why his standards are what they are, what's the basis Mm-hmm. Without judgment. Uh, w- without judgment. Just remain curious, and I believe you guys are going to get to a place of understanding of each other. There, there's. I think the last question is, what can we do to, or what? It says we can't help but let in let in the feeling that we should be doing something doing more, something. more. Just doing something more for him. Yeah, or it says or something different to help him. Yeah. And 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 the the answer is no there's not besides that message of the gospel I just said. Yeah, absolutely. And and pray for him, like genuinely intercede for him and for the rest of your family cuz like Granger said, no one here is righteous, not even one. So you need to lump yourself into that prayer. Jesus have mercy on me, the sinner, and have mercy on my brother, and have mercy on my dad, and have mercy on my mom. You you are it. Um, Notice how we're putting the whole family in this so that it's this is not condemning your brother because of because of who he is or what he's doing. That's not because you're all in this together as sinners. I, I think what we can tend to do is we can tend to like focus and isolate sin and and then category or put it into different categories and hierarchies of, well, this Mm -hmm. one's worse than this one. And so now we know what, who to pray for more than somebody else. And I think what we're saying is, is like, 
No, if if this family can come together under that banner of repentance and under the banner of we are all desperate, um, I think there can really be some restoration and some healing and some understanding that is not there. I think there can be some exposure of some sin, maybe in your parents and maybe in you that you were unaware of, um, without knowing your brother and where his position is in his walk and in his faith, if he's left the faith because maybe he was condemned because he came out, Mm -hmm. um, which is not an uncommon story, Yep. right? Uh, But it's terrible. It's terrible. Um, We... You need to put your arm back around him and say, you're still in this family. Come here, bro. Let's let's have these conver- let's have these difficult conversations. Let's wade into this deep water together. Uh, I think there's going to be a lot of healing there. What happens with him? What happens with you? I mean, only God knows. You can't convince him intellectually to believe the gospel. You can't convince him psycholo- psychologically or or philosophically. You're not capable of doing that. And I'm not, and nobody is, um, the power of the gospel it's, is what can do it alone and, um, lean into that and wrestle with your own sin, wrestle with the own, the, your own problems that you're having, um, with your wandering eyes with other girls mm-hmm. or whatever that might be and, and recognize that and love him relentlessly because he's your brother and don't judge him forgive him and, and, and do give him the grace that, that has been given to you from Jesus and know that, know that Jesus saves the power of the gospel is your message. And that's, that's, that is your, that is your sword that you go into battle with is that message and never let go of it. And, uh, and, and the power of God, the gospel will do what it's going to do. Amen, brother. All right. Can I, can I just pat my own back real quick and say that I just, I just tackled that question on the podcast and I'm a country singer. Yeah. I'll pat you on the back. Wow. Dude. Yeah. I think he did well, man. <laughs> I'm not about, maybe we'll see I'm how not many. I'm about patting my own we'll, back, but we'll, I will say that. we'll see how many uh, comments. <laughs> yeah, maybe I lost or, a lot of followers. Yeah. I don't know, but guys, um, I'm I'm, yeah. I'm sticking to a, a conviction that I feel yeah. like is the most important message. That's m- way more important than my own popularity. Yeah. <laughs> Yep. So you wanted to go to one of the generics. Yeah, one of the generics. I just said number two because, you know, there's two of us and okay, didn't want to give the first person the Okay, well, automatic. I will literally count how many people gave a subject line of podcast question. I'll go to number two. So there's one, two. Here we go. Oh, boy. It's a long one. <laughs> Here we go. Don't know what this is. It says, hey there, my name is Melissa. I live out in New Mexico. But I've, I've, I've lived just about everywhere on the East Coast, including South Carolina, Maine, Massachusetts, etc. I grew up in church ever since I could remember. Here we go again, Burns. Another church mm-hmm. question. And I felt the Holy Spirit touch me on multiple occasions. And all throughout my life, I've had moments where I've, I've doubted him. And I've doubted his existence. And I've always just kept it inside of me. Even though I know that he's real because I've experienced his presence. But every now... But every now and then, as the word gets more corrupt and out of, as the world gets more corrupt and out of control, I still have these doubts and I don't understand why. Why can't I just believe wholeheartedly? I know that the devil is always trying to draw you away from God. Is that what this is? 
I also just wanted to say thank you for everything that you do for, with your family. Congrats on the new little one. I followed you for a lot of years. Thank you very much, Melissa. Shout out to New Mexico. Um, okay, couple directions with this question. It's a great question. It's a it's a common question, and I want to I want to clear something up that that you didn't directly say, Melissa. But I just want to kind of speak to it that that our our faith and and our beliefs are not they cannot be whimsical blind faith it can't it's not it's not supposed to be it's not what we're called no no human is called to believe some crazy um weird myth that no one could testify or 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 clarify in any way and so the only way that you could lean into this kind of faith is through the only thing. Okay. We have one of two things. We have two things that we could lean into with our faith. One is, and I've heard this said before, the book of nature. It's, it's rarely talked about, but the book of nature, it's not a book. It's just, it's, it's the idea that when you walk out into this, this world that is in perfect sync, is in perfect order, the, 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 have you heard Bernie, the idea of the, the perfect universe scenario? No, it's this idea that the way, the way that this earth is and the way that it rotates in this solar system around this sun, everything about it, everything is so perfect to the point zero 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 one that it's like, a, it's, it's a crazy number of zeros before that one. It's perfectly aligned in every way for our existence on this planet. And it's not hard to see when you go to see an incredible sunset or you see the ocean waves and the tide moving in and out, or you go to the Grand Canyon and take in the space and see the mountains and see a snowflake and the intricacies of the snowflake itself. You see that there is an order to this. There is a purpose that is way beyond the possibility of an accident. Mm-hmm. And when we look in the best telescopes that we have and we look and look and look and deep into the stars and we struggle so hard to find a planet similar to this one where we can go, oh, there's another one that's perfect. It's really hard to do that. And here we are in the middle of this solar system just floating around and this some, something about it has an uncanny order that you have to go, man, this, this is, go look at a butterfly, go look at a, go look at a, a little baby and you go, this is evidence in nature right here. That's the way I called it the book of nature. There's evidence here that, there, that there's a creator, but we don't know who that creator is through just that. We just see that there is an order to things. There is a quote unquote, higher power to all of this chaos. And the second thing we look to is the Bible. And that's the book, the word of God that, that puts us, puts sense to that book of nature. It puts a, it puts a, an image behind it. It puts a story behind it. It puts, it puts the, the boundaries around it. So we go, oh yeah, I see it in the sunset, in the snowflake, in the baby, in the Grand Canyon. And then I read this book and this book tells me why and who I am and my purpose here and where I'm going after this life. And it gives you all of those answers. And so through that word and through 
through meditating on that word and reading that word and, and, and listening to other people preach about that word, this gives us a solid foundation for our faith so that when we doubt, we, we're not blind. We fall back on the foundation that is built for us. And this, this helps you feel like I'm not just believing in a weird myth, mystical reason. Yeah, no, I think that's great, man. I, uh, Melissa, is that her name? Yes. Okay. I can relate to Melissa. Um, I had a very short-lived music career, and whenever I was writing songs, if you listen to any of those albums, a lot of those songs have to do with the, the lyrics are very similar. Like, man, just wrestling and questioning and doubting, like, God, are you there? Like, man, I don't feel you. Like, I, I want to... You know, there's just all of this. Well, I, I don't understand. When will I understand? There's a whole lot of that. So I, this resonates with me, Melissa. Um, I remember specifically somebody telling me one time, though, uh, because I, I would have these doubts. I would like read something either in the Bible or I'd hear something, and I would have these doubts, and then I would kind of chase this trail and just be like, "Well, I just don't understand this," and so therefore my entire faith would then be compromised. Mm-hmm. Um, and this yeah. uh, this buddy of mine, um, Jacob Van Horn, good friend of mine, said, did you know it's okay for you not to know? Mm, so good. He said, because Jesus knows. It was so simple. And it did take some like time for that to really sink in of some of these parts of my faith and some of these parts of like the scripture I was reading or things that were happening in the world that I just didn't understand. But it was like, I had this, this, uh, you know, 80%, 90% understanding of things that I, like you said, like the spirit had moved. I had seen a move and I, my eyes had been opened. I, I, I believed this, like, I can't not believe it. But then this other little bit, it was almost like the spirit just came and said, Hey, don't worry about that. Let's just, just one thing at a time, just keep abiding in me. And I am going to reveal to you the things that I want you to know right now. Maybe there's some things that you just need to trust me about. You don't get to know everything. You just need to trust me that within this order, that thing that you're kind of, that's causing you doubt and all of this, I got that. So don't worry about it. Hmm. Um, and I, I don't think that that means, like you were saying, that, oh, we'll just trust God blindly and there's no... I think he, sometimes we can get very like overly analytical instead of just being present where God has us in our faith, what He has in front of us right now, and trust that these things He's going to reveal to us in time. But sometimes we just have to wait. We have to wait on the Lord to do it. So good. Uh, I want to also validate what Bernie's saying to you, Melissa, that, that, that you're not alone. And it's not strange that you think that. Of course, I've thought that. Of course, I've, I've gone through seasons of my life. But you can't rely on a mystical spirit to lift you up all the time without verifying that through the word. And what I mean is, there's a lot of there's a lot of mystical religions or, or even some of the Abrahamic religions 
that rely or can say you just rely only on the spirit to speak to you or a dream. And you could talk to a lot of people that go, why do you believe? And their answer is, I believe because of self-revelation. I believe, I believe because God speaks to me. That's why I believe. And that's the end of the story. And I'm here to say that's not enough Mm -hmm. because anyone, anyone could say, I had a dream last night that a wolf spoke to me in the woods and the wolf said that he is God and he was wearing a red gown and a, and a purple hat and his name was Stephen and it was so real. So I think God is a wolf and God speaks to me through Stephen, the wolf. And you can't convince that person that they're wrong. Mm-hmm. You can't because they, they experienced it. It was a revelation. Stephen, the wolf spoke. It was real, y'all. It was real. You, you can't. I'm using that example because there's a lot of people that will say something like that. Mm-hmm. But in, unless you could take Stephen, the wolf, and, and then open up the Bible and go, where is Stephen, the wolf? And he's not in here. I think that was just uh, the pizza I ate, I ate last night. <laughs> you know what I mean? And I don't mean to diminish your question, Melissa. I don't mean to laugh yeah. at it at all. But I'm just trying to say as a whole, you can't just rely on personal revelation or personal blind faith. You can't. It's got to be concrete. You got to look at. You got to look at the Word of God, or feeling, or just relying on how you feel. Can't rely on it yeah. in in the moment. There's too many, you know, uh, Psalms about just like these feelings of anguish and despair. And it's like, if they just relied on that, they probably would have walked away, yeah. you know, but you can't just rely on those feelings. It's good. I, I don't think, uh, I don't think I can go to another question after talking about Steve and the wolf. Yeah. <laughs> In the red dress. <laughs> In the red dress. Purple 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 <laughs> Sorry. Maybe was, that was the pizza. Can I somebody, can somebody meme that please? <laughs> like, <laughs> We love you guys. That's all the time we have. Thank you for listening. We'll see you next time. Yee yee. Thanks for joining me on the Granger Smith podcast. I appreciate all of you guys. You could help me out by rating this podcast on iTunes. If you're on YouTube, subscribe to this channel, hit that little like button and notifications bell so that you never miss any time I upload a video. If you have a question for me that you would like me to answer, email grangersmithpodcast at gmail.com. Yee yee.